Good morning. You are listening to River City Revival. This is Reverend Liz Jackson, and today's sermon is True Word of Yah, Breaking Generational Curses. This is an Exodus 24-6 study. As always, you will find a link to the Lion's Tears Ministry in the description box of this podcast and general information as to what this sermon is about. Exodus 20 verses 4 through 6 state, You shall not make for yourself any carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. So we're going to break some of this verse down and the first word we're going to look at is visiting and that is Hebrew word H6485 and it means to visit with friendly or hostile intent. It also means to do judgment, to punish, and to call into remembrance. The biblical outline of usage of H6485 includes visit to punish to visit upon punish iniquity is Hebrew word H5771 and it means perversity moral perversity evil mischief sin So therefore, the Lord God comes and punishes us for our iniquities. We're going to learn more here in a second. He visits our generations, and that is vital to understand. So the phrase, generation of those who hate, is Hebrew word, H8130, and it means to hate personally, to be an enemy or a foe, to be hateful, and it means to hate man, to hate God, to hate nations, and to even hate wisdom. Some people do hate the wisdom and knowledge that the Lord God gives them, or, you know, that they are born with. Some people are super smart. Some people are envious of those super smart people. It's still hate. Anytime you hate anything or anyone, that is enmity between the Lord God Almighty. He does not value hate. Hate is so strong that it is so destructive and he does not use that term as a grain of sand. He takes hate seriously. So, for those who hate him, 
He is going to visit and punish your generations up until the third and fourth. The word unto the third is Hebrew word H8029, and it means a descendant of the third degree, your great grandchild. And the biblical outline of usage of H8029 means just that, pertaining to the third generation. The phrase and fourth is Hebrew word H7256, and it means a descendant of the fourth generation, your great great grandchild. And the biblical outline of usage of H7256 means just that, pertaining to the fourth generation. The Lord God is very clear on generational curses. However, do not get this confused with Deuteronomy 24.16, where it explicitly says that no one can die for another's sins. And that is true. Nobody is held accountable for the sins of another person to death. What happens with generational curses is we can be punished for the original sin. Just like when Adam and Eve fell, we all became born into sin because the world took on a new spiritual identity with principalities and wickedness and everything like that. What the Bible is clear on is this. No man can die for another man's sin, but a generational curse can occur and we can be punished up until the third and fourth generation. And of course that punishment excludes death. Otherwise, the Lord God Almighty's word would be flip-flopped and he doesn't flip-flop his word. His word is bond. His word is true. His word is legit. So when he says no one can die for another man's sin, that's a hundred percent true. But when he says, I will punish your family up until the third and fourth generation until someone repents and breaks these generational curses, that's also true. So that's what we're going to talk about today. When we have people in our family who don't know the Lord God Almighty or care to, this is a form of iniquity and sin and it travels down our bloodline into our children, our children's children, and so on. So the example of a generational curse that we're going to cover in today's sermon is alcoholism. As a result of a sinning parent's severe transgressions against the Lord, sometimes demons will be allowed to attach to the sinning parent. Once the demons attach to the sinning parent, they will then attempt to try and jump and transfer down to some of the children in the family to form out a curse line. If this curse line ends up getting formed out, then the demons will follow that child into his adult life and try to get them to commit 
the same types of sin their sinning parent had been committing. This is why alcoholic fathers and sometimes mothers produce children that can end up becoming alcoholics themselves. All as a result of a cursed line that has been formed out between the child and his alcoholic father or mother with demons then feeding and operating on that cursed line trying to influence the child to go in the same direction his sinning parent had been going in in the first place. So let's break that down a little bit. Say you have a father who's a severe alcoholic. He marries, has several children, but never breaks his addiction to the alcohol during his entire married life. As a result of his addiction, all of his children will be forced to watch all the negative things that will be going along with it. Many alcoholic men end up abusing both their wives and their children, either verbally, physically, and or sexually throughout much of their married life. As a result of this kind of severe transgression against the Lord, demons will be allowed to come in and attach themselves to the sinning alcoholic father. The demons will have full legal right to be able to come directly after the father for crossing over into this kind of an extreme realm to begin with if the Lord God Almighty should allow this to happen. Once the demons attach and settle in on the sinning alcoholic father, they will then see which of the children they can try and target. What they will try and do is persuade and influence one or more of the children to become an alcoholic themselves, just like their father was. So we see it's more than just being an alcoholic. We see the truth within this paragraph that many alcoholic men really do end up abusing their wives and their children verbally, physically, and or sexually. And this is a severe transgression against the Lord God, which allows demons the legal right to attach themselves to the sinning parent. Sins produce curse lines. And we're going to get into that a little deeper in just a moment. What does psychology say about alcoholism running in the family genes? Among those abusing alcohol, people who are genetically predisposed to alcoholism have a higher risk of developing an alcoholic use disorder. Although people can inherit alcoholic tendencies, the development of an alcoholic use disorder is also dependent on social and environmental factors. Some who have inherited genes making them susceptible to alcoholism are responsible drinkers and or never take a drink in their life. So it is very important to know if you are susceptible and 
predisposed to alcoholism, how to manage yourself and conduct yourself, and who to keep in your environment. If you're hanging out with people who drink all the time and go party, chances are you're going to end up going and partying and drinking and developing the alcohol use disorder because you're already predisposed. It is important to understand the generations before us so that we can break those unhealthy cycles. Research shows that genes are responsible for about half of the risk of alcohol use disorder. Therefore, genes alone do not determine whether someone will develop AUD, again, environmental factors, as well as gene and environment interactions account for the remainder of the risk. And that is a quote from the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. There is not a single gene responsible for alcoholism. There are hundreds of genes in a person's DNA that may amplify the risk of developing an alcohol use disorder. Identifying these genes is difficult because each plays a small role in a much larger picture. Yet, studies have shown that certain combinations of genes have a strong relationship to alcoholism. There are also behavioral genes passed down that could influence a propensity for alcoholism. Mental illness, such as depression and schizophrenia, are more common in people with a family history of these diseases. People with mental illness have a higher risk of turning to substance abuse as a way of coping. Mental disorders can be hereditary and environmental, which partially illuminates the complex link between genetics and addiction. Three Steps for Healing Hereditary Sin Step 1. First, we must identify the sins and the curses. Now, alcoholism is just one of many. You can fill in the blank with anything. Two, we must pray prayers of identificational repentance, asking Abba Yah to forgive those who originally sinned. So first, we're going to identify the sins and the curses, and it may go all the way back to your great-great-grandma or grandpa. It may go back into a great-great-aunt. Either way, you need to find out what that original sin was. And then we need to ask Abba Yah for forgiveness of that original sin. And we must pray asking Abba Yah to release us from these generational curses in order to free ourselves. There are two ways to identify generational sin and iniquities affecting your spiritual walk. The first step is have someone with the gift of discernment pray with you. 
They can help identify names and generations the sins originated from. Two, you're going to create a genogram using a checklist. You're going to place names of ancestors were noted by writing their sins next to their name. You're going to identify patterns of sin through the generational line. Then you're going to work through previous sections of the genogram by identification and praying, asking for forgiveness and repenting of all known sins in your life. So here is the checklist for your genogram. One, you're going to identify any of the following spiritual problems which may have occurred. This includes occult activity, an unusual violent or untimely death, sexual sins, abuse, addictive behaviors, repetitive sin, possession or soul bondage, destructive or abnormal patterns of relationships, historical family trauma, religious history, young childhood trauma, rejection and lack of self-worth, and in utero wounding. And the Lord God Almighty said we need to elaborate on in utero wounding. So he says to let you know that while in the womb, unborn children may absorb a variety of wounding experiences. In their spirits, they may react with defensiveness, resentment, aggression, distrust, or withdrawal, and grow into adulthood expressing attitudes still logged in their hearts. This may result from conception out of wedlock, conception in anger, rape, incest, or adultery, or conception in a drug-dependent relationship. If the mother had miscarriage or abortions before this conception, threatening illnesses of mother or fetus, or the mother's anorexic or bulimic, if the baby came at a wrong time in the parents' lives, marital difficulties, poverty, or just being inconvenienced. Maybe the baby is the wrong sex. Experiencing intense emotions from the mother, such as fear, anger, rejection, verbal abuse, or fighting in the home. Babies can hear through the womb. It is scientifically proven a difficult birthing experience such as breech birth, cord wrapped around the neck, unusually painful delivery, cesarean birth, induced labor, the baby was early or late. Maybe you're considering putting the baby up for adoption or the baby has been adopted. Maybe you were adopted. Attempted or failed abortion of the fetus where the baby lived and survived but underwent horrific measures coming into this world and lived through their abortion because that really does happen or death of father or abandonment by one or both parents so you're going to list all of these 
And like I said, if you have to go all the way back to your great-great-grandmother, then you need to go all the way back to your great-great-grandmother or grandfather. Because it's time we break these generational curses. Number two, you're going to list patterns of sin within the family tree. Sin includes anger, jealousies, holding grudges, greed, unforgiveness, vengeance, temper, arrogance, materialism, stubbornness, exhibiting cold love, and many, many others. Again, these are all examples. Three, you're going to identify and list health problems. These examples include cancer, diabetes, arthritis, headaches, heart problems, mental illness, forgetfulness, ulcers, skin problems, nervous breakdowns, respiratory trouble, high blood pressure, and any addiction. So how to pray for healing generational curses and inherited sin? Once you have your genogram complete, you're going to write a prayer. The Lord God Almighty wants you to pray from within your soul, from that deep pit where all your anguish comes from. He wants you to finally set your family free. So step one, you're going to affirm what Yahushua HaMashiach did on the cross. Two, if you're baptized by confessing that you believe in Yahushua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, then you need to reaffirm your baptismal vows. If you need to be baptized because you were as an infant where you could not speak and had people stand up for you, then please get rebaptized. It is very important that you yourself confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. He came, he died on the cross. You're going to repent of any sins of idolatry. You're going to ask Yah to show you where the original sin began if you do not know. You're going to confess the sins of your ancestors that you mapped out in your genogram. You're going to ask for forgiveness of the original sinners. You're going to extend forgiveness to the original sinner on behalf of all your family members. Whenever you intercede on behalf of people because your faith in Abba Yah is enough miracles happen and one of the miracles that occur is the breaking of generational curses you're going to extend forgiveness again to the original sinner on behalf of all you're going to ask Abba to forgive present of past fruits of sin and that includes health problems addictions and so on you're going to intercede for the sinner. You're going to ask that they be allowed to come unto the understanding of Abba Yah. So you, even though they may not believe in God, you're going to pray that their soul gets delivered to the Lord God. If they have passed and if they are still alive. Only the Lord God can bring people to him. He knows who are his. We 
drop seeds and plant and hope that they take fruit within a person. Because we are breaking generational curses, all we have to do is intercede and plead for the forgiveness and the cleansing and ask that the original sinner be allowed to come unto the understanding of Abba Yah. I don't know what happens in the afterlife. I've never been there. Can't tell you. So if that person's passed on, your prayer reaches heaven and the Lord God works. And you have to have faith that He works. Because again, you also have to remember, second resurrection is when everybody comes back. So how do you know that if you don't pray for your dead great-grandma who did something horrendous which caused her to be an alcoholic that your prayer even though she's gone how do you know that your prayer won't reach heaven and whenever she's resurrected for the final time your account and intercession could make all the difference there's so much at play in the spiritual realm that we're all still trying to understand. But think about that. When we pray for strangers like we're told to do, even if it's on social media, how many times have you gotten a response saying, thank you for your prayers? I could feel them and things started to immediately lift. It's the same principle. When we speak, we speak into all the realms. That's why the Lord God can hear us. And when we pray, we are asking our angels to come and be the ministering guides. The words of Abba Yah activate our angels into action. They respond to the word of God. So as you're conducting your prayers, remember that. Use God's word. It doesn't have to be verse by verse out of a chapter mix your words from the Lord God to pray back to the Lord God the only thing he wants is to understand that you understand what it is he is doing for you you're gonna pray for all blood curses to be released you're gonna pray for all children to be loosed so that the generational curse stops with you and if you have children and they have children and you're praying for your entire family the generational curse stops with your prayer and those children our future can live differently that's what the power of prayer can do we're also going to ask for forgiveness of temptation of the sin and then we're going to send forgiveness back to the past generations. We are trying to break these curses and heal our generational line. Again, the power of a faithful man or woman praying has the power of the Lord God to heal all of this. 
The Lord God Almighty would not have revealed these things if it was not true and able to be accomplished. So here is a prayer for breaking generational curses. I proclaim that Yahusha redeemed us from the curse of the law by coming and becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. And that's Galatians 3.13. In the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, I now bring the fullness of his cross, death, blood, and sacrifice, his resurrection, life, and empty tomb, his authority, rule, and dominion. I bring judgment from the Lord Jesus Christ against every foul power, witchcraft, black art, and curse. I bring Yahushua HaMashiach cursed for me against all curses that have been raised against me, written, spoken, unspoken, or transferred to me. So here, if you know the exact curse, the exact sin, you need to identify them. For example, all curses of death or all curses on my marriage or my health, or my finances, or on my children, etc. I bring the blood of Yahushua HaMashiach, the son of Abba Yah, his blood shed upon the cross against all blood sacrifices and rituals and every claim against me. I bring Yahushua HaMashiach, the son of Abba Yah, sacrificed for me against all ritual sacrifices and their every claim against me. I bring the dedication of Yahushua HaMashiach for me in depth upon the cross against all ritual dedications. In the name and by the blood of Yahushua HaMashiach, I break the power and hold of every curse that has come to me through ritual or ritual sacrifice. In the name and by the blood of Yahushua HaMashiach, I break the power and hold of every curse that has come to me through transfer by another human being. In the name and by the blood of Yahushua HaMashiach, I break the power and hold of every curse that has come to me through words spoken. In the name and by the blood of Yahushua HaMashiach, I break the power and hold of every curse that has come to me through occult practices. In the name of Yahushua HaMashiach, I declare every legal hold and every legal ground of the enemy broken, disarmed, and destroyed. Satan has no hold over me now through curses or occult practices, through sacrifices or any ritual of any kind. Through the blood of Yahushua HaMashiach, I am free. Thank you, Yahushua, for setting me free. I order these curses and claims utterly disarmed and dismantled now through the power of the blood of Yahushua HaMashiach and in his name. In the name of Yahushua HaMashiach, I command all demonic spirits that have gained access to me through curses and rituals cut off and banished from me in my household in the mighty name of Yahushua HaMashiach. 
in Yahusha's mighty name, I ask you to send your angels now to completely disarm all curses and black arts from me. Disarm their very device and render them destroyed. I ask your angels to remove all foul spirits involved in these curses and black arts and bind them to your feet for judgment. I now claim every spiritual blessing that my heavenly father has given to me in Yahushua HaMashiach. I claim those blessings right here in the very place of all cursing by the authority and power of the Lord Jesus Christ and in his name, Yahushua. May these things be fully accomplished now through your mighty name. I give you thanks and honor and praise. All of this I pray by the authority and in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Yahushua HaMashiach, who came in the flesh. In the name of Abba Yah, Amen, 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 Selah. Writing prayers in your own words using Abba Yah's word is what he really wants in order to set you free. If you have trouble writing prayers, then that prayer I just read to you or others like it is a good place to begin. Abba Yah tells us we are all born into sin. Generational curses and hereditary sin is the reason why. We hold the power to break these chains that bind us. All we have to do is turn to Abba Yah and ask him to heal our family line. There are biblical examples of our ancestors praying against generational curses. Nehemiah 1, 5 through 11. Here we find Ezra and Israel praying for forgiveness for the sins of their fathers. And it states, And I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ears be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments the statutes, and the rules that you command your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the people. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, through your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen, to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name, and give success to your servant today, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Psalm 78, 8 in Psalm 106.6, you will find David praying that former iniquity will not be remembered, and he prays and confesses the sins of his fathers. In Jeremiah chapters um, 3, verse 25, 
14 verses 7 and 20 and chapter 32 verse 18, you will find Jeremiah acknowledging the wickedness and the iniquities of the forefathers of Israel. In Daniel 9, 1 through 20, Daniel confesses his sin and the sin of the kings and people of Israel. We are told to pray for others. When Job prayed for his friends, Abba Yah gave him twice as much as he had before. And you can read that in Job 42.10. We are told to confess our sins to others. By doing so, when righteous people pray for us, Abba Yah heals us because the prayers of a righteous person holds great power. And that's James 5.16. We have the power to make the changes we need in order to become truly free of this world and the principalities that run it. All we need to do is understand that the word of Abba Yah is true and he gives us the knowledge to change if we just ask him. So there are five things that happen to your brain when you quit drinking. And Abba Yah said it was important to understand this too because there's results, physical, mental, emotional results that do occur after you break generational curses. So the five things that happen to your brain when you free yourself from alcoholism is one, the regeneration of the frontal lobe. The frontal lobe of the brain responsible for many critical functions, including reasoning, behavior control, memory, and motor function, takes a heavy hit when you drink in excess. Years of alcohol abuse can damage this area of the brain extensively, leading to a wide variety of issues, including memory loss and the inability to think rationally. While people in early recovery may still suffer from these symptoms, as well as an, an inability to process large amounts of information, new cell growth will eventually begin to repair this damage as time passes on. Rational decision-making and impulse control are crucial in fighting addiction, and luckily these powerful functions of the brain will return as you begin to heal. Number two, dopamine levels begin to normalize. Alcohol abuse creates a complex imbalance of dopamine in the brain. Dopamine release is triggered when you engage in activities you find pleasurable, such as eating chocolate or playing sports, and it teaches your brain what actions to repeat and eventually to crave. Alcohol use overloads the brain with dopamine while also reducing the brain's dopamine receptors in the process. When you first quit drinking, the lack of dopamine and diminished receptors can lead to feelings of sadness and hopelessness. Both excessively high and abnormally low levels of dopamine can have adverse effects, but over time, your brain will begin to normalize dopamine levels as well as your brain's response 
to the chemical without the intrusion of alcohol. Number three, motivation returns. As mentioned above, early recovery might mean struggling with mood and overall mental wellness as your body and brain begin to heal. You will experience renewed motivation towards healthy habits in your life. This means you will be able to take up new activities that boost your mood and stimulate cell growth in the brain, such as daily exercise. The early days of sobriety can be draining and challenging for anyone recovering from addiction, but a balanced and healthy brain will return and with it a sense of heightened motivation towards positivity. Number four, serotonin production increases. While the short-term effect of alcohol may boost serotonin, a chemical that increases feelings of happiness and well-being, the long-term repercussions of heavy alcohol use often include a decrease in serotonin production, leading to an increased chance of depression. Once you quit drinking, serotonin production can eventually return to normal. If you continue to struggle with depressive symptoms during recovery, you may require medication. By eliminating alcohol from the equation, you can better understand your mental health and determine what it is you need to feel your best. Number five, healthy activities return as you learn new skills. For many chronic drinkers, alcohol becomes a crutch to handle many situations and emotions in daily life. You may have used alcohol to become more outgoing, manage stress, or combat depression. While alcohol isn't a cure for any of these problems, it can numb your natural response to life's circumstances and make it hard to function without it. While early sobriety can be challenging for this reason, experiencing life with alcohol means that you must learn new coping mechanisms and social skills. This is an opportunity for your brain power to grow and evolve as you begin to participate in the same activities as you have before, but you're sober. Depending on how long you have been a heavy drinker, entering recovery may mean you are socializing and emotion managing sober for the first time. Breaking generational curses again is very important for us to be able to fully heal our families and go into the communities and help heal others. We, the body of Abba Yah, have the power to do that. He has given us tools. One tool is the knowledge on how to break generational curses. So if your great, great, great grandma didn't believe in God or something traumatic happened to her and she pretty much said God doesn't exist and carried that throughout her life or, you know, became in alcoholic because her mother was an alcoholic. We got to stop this. We got to stop this.
We need to take responsibility for the things that we can change. And breaking generational curses and ending violence is something that every human being on this earth can and should control. We have the power to choose happiness. We have the power to choose destruction and chaos. It is a choice. We either follow Abaya's morals and fall under the law of the spirit of life, or we fall back under the law of sin and death, and we continue to sin and cause destruction. We may not go out into this world and cause destruction, but I guarantee that if we're living with alcoholism, we are destroying not only ourselves, but our family along with us. And so many people have been destroyed by alcoholic parents. And again, alcoholism is just an example of generational curses. You can fit in any type of abuse, alcoholism, the occult, you know, horrific, religious principles and aspects, anything that you can think of that is included on that list and more into this. All you have to do is take the time, do your genogram, trace the sin, and ask the Lord God to heal your family line today. We need healing in this land, and it starts with us. It starts with us individually, and it's, you know, is taken into the community once we start getting ourselves right. People need to understand they're not alone, and many times people don't know how to break free of things until they are shown. And that is what the body of Abba is supposed to do. Be that light that shines whenever he gives us instructions on how to move. If we're going to continue to be like Jonah, then we're going to always be melancholy in the belly of the whale, wishing we could get out when we have the power to just pray and get out with the help of Abba Yah. All he's waiting for is for us to ask him, come to him, and to set us free. Freedom begins when we stop oppressing ourselves and others. As always, it's never goodbye, but I'll see you later.